All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am talking about the Falcons practice squad additions, whether or not they have a new starting left guard and will be joined later by Jeff Schultz of the athletic to get further insights into why the Falcons traded away Julio Jones earlier this summer. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalFans.com, RIP. Still going strong, however, on Twitter, at FalFans. And, of course, the host of this preeminent Lockdown Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Falcons is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash lockdown or use our promo code lockdown at checkout. And later in the episode, I will be doing a read on Run Your Pool in case you guys want to start your own various uh, pick'em or survivor pools or whatever the case may be. But I do want to let you guys know that in the coming days we will have more further details and there will be a very own Lockdown Falcons survivor pool. So if you're interested in joining that, you're interested in starting your own pool, of course, check out runyourpool.com. But uh, before we get into that, uh, we're going to be talking uh, quite a bit about the Falcons roster moves that they made on Wednesday, including signing 15 players to their practice squad, cutting long snapper Josh Harris, talking about them claiming Kobe Gossett and whether or not he can really challenge potentially Jalen Mayfield for the starting left guard position now that Josh Andrews is no longer in the mix because he's going to injured reserve. Lots of things to talk about. And of course, we're also going to talk about Julio Jones two months after the fact that uh, when we should have had Jeff Schultz on the podcast to talk with us about the reasoning behind the Falcons trading Julio Jones. But of course, Jeff recently wrote an article in which he had a Q and a interview with Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner. And in that interview, Arthur Blank shed some light on some of the reasonings behind why the Falcons and Julio Jones part of ways. And Jeff's going to come on and, and give us a little bit further context, given, you know, at least my thoughts on it, where a lot of people's sort of takeaway was, Hey, Julio doesn't practice. That's why we traded him. And I'm like, that's it. Okay. And rest assured, Jeff will come on and tell us that it's not just practice, right? You know, Allen Iverson is not rolling in his grave or at least rolling on his couch because he's not dead. <laughs> Worried about Julio just practice habit. So we'll get into that at the end of the episode. Uh, but let's jump in to the roster moves that the Falcons made on Wednesday. And that, of course, included signing 15 players to the practice squad, uh, leaving one spot available for that group. 14 out of those 15 players signed are familiar faces, i.e. players that the team has parted ways with at various points throughout this past summer's training camp. Notably, two of those players were cut by the Falcons in their 80 and 85 man cut downs earlier this month. Uh, and those players were re-signed. That was wide receiver Austin Trammell, who was cut down in the 80 man roster cut down in uh, outside linebacker, George Obina, who was down in the 85 man cut down in the other 12 players were guys that were released in the final cuts earlier this week on Tuesday. They included running backs, Caleb Huntley and Deontay Foreman, wide receiver, Jawan Green, tight ends, John Rain and David Wells, offensive lineman, Willie Beavers, Sam Jones and Ryan Newsel, defensive lineman, Chris Slayton, linebacker, Emmanuel Ellerby, corner, Chris Williamson and safety, Dwayne Johnson. The one new face is 
outside linebacker Quentin Bell, who was scooped up from Tampa Bay, who was part of their final cuts. Bell played for the Bucks in 2020 exclusively on special teams after being drafted by the Raiders in 2019 in round seven out of Prairie View. What is notable about Bell is that he spent three years at Prairie View as a wide receiver before making the switch to defense his final season, racking up seven and a half sacks, showcasing his athleticism and his speed off the edge as an undersized pass rusher. He did bulk up. After weighing in sub 240 at his pro day in 2019, he's been now listed at over 250 pounds. Uh, but, you know, at that smaller weight, he was able to tear up that pro day with some athletic testing numbers running a 45340, a 41-inch vertical, which matched what Vic Beasley did at the 2015 Combine where he was testing in the 97th and uh, or higher percentile in those metrics. And then uh, he blew – no, I wouldn't say blow away, but he had a bigger broad jump than Beasley's 130-inch broad jump uh, with Bell having 136-inch broad jump at his pro day. So certainly a guy that, at least athletically speaking, comparable to Vic Beasley. I know that's a bad word to a lot of folks, but, you know, you want the athlete – Maybe you don't want necessarily the uh, basketball player that Vic PC was, but, uh, you know, maybe the Falcons can develop him. He's already gotten a couple of years of development. So in terms of the familiar faces, you know, I wouldn't necessarily look at any of them as surprised other than Tramel making it as a wide receiver over, say, Chris Rowland. Uh, David Wells making it as a tight end, which was unexpected because that now puts the number of tight ends potentially on the Falcons roster if and when Parker Hesse returns from the COVID-19 list uh, at six instead of five. Um, Georgia Benna coming back when there were other edge rushers that seemingly the Falcons liked a little bit more this summer. Ellerby making it over an Errol Thompson who spent most of the summer working as that number two Mike linebacker uh, and Ellerby working behind him in that role. So those were some of the bigger shocks, but uh, you know, I think shock is probably a little bit of a stretch when it comes to practice squad. You know, the other big news of the day was that the Falcons wound up releasing long snapper Josh Harris. That was a bit baffling at first, but I'm assuming it's a procedural move uh, for the team to essentially hold open a roster spot for another player that they wind up picking up over the next couple of days. Uh, it certainly can't be possible that the Falcons are looking to replace their long snapper that has essentially been perfect for the last eight consecutive years and, and basically is making barely more than the veteran minimum because it's not going to really save them a significant amount of money by cutting him. But, you know, I think this move signals that there is more roster sh shuffling on the horizon. Um, and, you know, for the record, I do think uh, my, my best guess is that the last practice squad spot is probably being reserved for Felipe Franks, uh, where the Falcons are just kind of holding on to him. So they maximize the chances that he clears waivers uh, once, you know, a couple of days from now, every other team is basically done, you know, adjusting their roster. Uh, so that's my suspicion, but we'll see how that plays out. And I think, you know, this is a testament to sort of getting a little bit more of additional time between the end of the preseason and week one, where essentially because practices for week one won't really begin in earnest until next week, uh, you basically have four or five days over the next couple of days over the weekend to kind of shuffle your roster. And you're seeing teams do that by cutting some of these veteran players and, and trying to get guys to clear waivers. And, and basically, you know, uh, teams are afforded that if you're one of the 30 teams, which includes the Falcons that aren't playing on um, Thursday night next week. So we'll see how that happens, but I wouldn't necessarily panic about the, the J Josh Harris things. You know, if, if he's not on the team by Monday, then I would certainly panic at that point in time. But uh, the other big news of the day was the Falcons claimed an offensive lineman and guard Kobe Gossett off waivers from the Cleveland Browns. 
and we'll take a deeper look in whether or not Kobe Gossett could be potentially in the mix to be the Falcons week one starter, or is that a job destined for Jalen Mayfield now that Josh Andrews is going on IR and we'll talk about all those various subjects as we continue today's Locked On Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I want to let you know about the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. I know most of you have probably had your drafts or your, you know, you got a couple of drafts still left in the pipe for you. I got one uh, coming up next week or over this weekend. Um, and so you're probably, you know, done trying to get those edge for your draft, but you're probably trying to figure out, okay, all these roster moves, what does it mean for my fantasy team? And of course, Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast, has you covered. He's giving you that data. He's giving you that info that's going to give you that daily edge to help you win your league this year. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So football season is back, and let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, and office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Confidence Pools, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL, college football, one-week games, full season, playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business bar or restaurant reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season check them out today and get ten dollars off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout anywhere everywhere in the world run your pool helps friends and colleagues compete the nfl season starts september 9th start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes runyourpool.com slash locked on game on So the Falcons claimed guard Kobe Gossett off waivers from the Browns. The roster spot Gossett is taking is that of Josh Andrews, who was placed on injured reserve after breaking his hand on Tuesday in practice. Uh, Another player that is also expected to be headed to the injured reserve is cornerback Kendall Sheffield, according to a ESPN report from our guy, Mike Rothstein. And that transaction is not yet official, although I imagine it will happen on Thursday. Uh, so you, in addition to that impending move, along with the Josh Harris cut, that should give the Falcons two available roster spots, possibly three, if and when they wind up doing the thing that I mentioned earlier in, in cutting Felipe Franks from the roster to put him on the practice squad. So to, more moves on the horizon. But, um, you know, on Sheffield, we don't know the exact nature of his injury. That's been something that has caused him to miss practice time, I think, since August 9th. Uh, both Andrews and Sheffield Going on IR today, however, means that they are eligible to potentially return in as little as three weeks uh, due to that short-term IR rule and, and sort of the thing that we touched upon in yesterday's episode, which prevents teams from – basically means teams delay putting guys on IR. If they do it today, they get them on the short term. If they did it yesterday, it would have been they were out for the season. So Andrews going on IR means we open the door for a new starter at left guard where we've been speculating for the last couple of days and or weeks, if not months, sort of whether or not Josh Andrews is considered the starter at that position or whether third round draft pick Jalen Mayfield had done enough to overtake him. We never really discovered that answer and it's kind of moot now with Andrews being sidelined. My guess is that we will still see Mayfield on track to start week one at that left guard position. But if you're asking me, do I think Kobe Gossett is a better player than Jalen Mayfield? Based off what I have seen, I think the answer is yes. Gossett is a former six-round pick out of App State with the Minnesota Vikings back in 2018. Gossett was, in fact, teammates of Ryan Newsel, uh, 
at App State, uh, one of the Falcons' current practice squad players now. And, of course, his former offensive line coach during his freshman and sophomore years at App State was none other than current Falcons offensive line coach, Dwayne Lefford. Uh, Gossett did not wind up making Minnesota's roster as a rookie, wound up landing on the practice squad. But midway through the season, he was scooped up by the Arizona Cardinals, and he wound up starting the last four games of that season at left guard for them, uh, being part of that quote-unquote atrocious Cardinals offensive line that so many blame for why Josh Rosen struggled in his rookie season. Uh, and to be fair, you know, Gossett wasn't great in that four-game stretch where he was starting. When you look at the guards that played at least 100 snaps uh, over that last month of the season, you know, Gossett graded out, according to Pro Football Focus, as the 63rd out of 67 guards. Now, do you want to know who was 64th? At that uh, for, for that stretch of games, it was none other than Javon Brown, the, the player that the Falcons gave a whole bunch of guaranteed money to uh, the following offseason. That was with Javon Brown with the New York Giants back in 2018. And do you want to know who was 66th out of 67? Well, that's, of course, Andrews Pete, the Saints left guard. Now, does that have anything to do with the Falcons? No, I just wanted to take a shot at Andrews Pete. But after that year with Arizona in an ensuing rough summer with the Cardinals in 2019, Based off his PFF grades, you know, Gossett spent a week on the Patriots practice squad at the beginning of 2019, and then he was wound up picked up by the Browns, where he finished the year with them. He then wound up opting out of 2020 due to COVID, came back this year, played pretty well as a, a as a backup for the Browns in, during this past preseason, uh, graded out as the 38th best guard out of 130 guards, according to Pro Football Focus, which, you know, doesn't seem super impressive. It's like 70th percentile. Um, but that would have, that grade that he earned in Cleveland would have made him the highest graded guard for the Falcons this past summer and the second highest graded offensive lineman period for the Falcons this past summer, only behind third string center Joe Skullthorpe. So while Gossett is not an elite athlete, he certainly has more than enough athleticism to fit well into this outside zone scheme, which is the exact same scheme that he played at App State um, and the same scheme that Minnesota and Cleveland utilize. Uh, unlike other Falcons offensive line, we talked about this you know, a week ago when we talked about Willie Wright's release, the guard, uh, you know, Gossett doesn't have short arms. So th that shouldn't be a major issue for him like it potentially could be for several other interior offensive linemen for the Falcons. He has that trademark mean streak that this coaching staff is very much attracted to. Um, and you probably may remember him from last week's game where he was the guy that hustled down the field and recovered that fumble after Kobe Jones's interception and uh, showed some hustle there. So for me, when I look at a player like Kobe Gossett, you know, he checks all the boxes that I want to see in terms of a potential Falcons starting guard in terms of being a potential upgrade over someone like Jalen Mayfield, athleticism, arm length, scheme fit, the ability to hold up better in pass protection. Since I thought in that Browns game, at least reviewing the game, you know, he held up reasonably well going up against Marlon Davidson uh, in, in the first half of that game. Um, do I feel like if the Falcons started Gossett at left guard, would he be a great starter? Not really. Probably not. He probably you're you're looking at probably serviceable to average at best uh, in, in that regard. But all things being equal is serviceable to average at best better than what Mayfield is going to bring to the table. I think probably at least my thoughts are that, and you know, it begs the question, are things equal, right? Uh, you know, the Falcons clearly have a vested interest in developing Jalen Mayfield because they drafted him in round three. Um, and so Gossett should be considered at this point in time to be a stop gap backup, despite uh, his connection with this coaching staff. But, you know, 
this injury to Josh Andrews presents a golden opportunity for the Falcons to continue to kick the tires of Jalen Mayfield and see what he has at that left guard position. If things go well, great. Everybody's, you know, doing great except for me and my ego for missing on Jalen Mayfield. Uh, if things don't go well, then I guess we'll have to cross that bridge uh, when we get to it. You know, will the Falcons wind up benching their third round draft pick if he gets off to a bad start this season? I'm not sure. Um, I did a quick Twitter search to see sort of if there were recent examples of NFL players that have had surgeries on broken hands and how many weeks they missed. And the results I found was Rashad Penny, the Seahawks first round running back, had surgery on a broken finger back in mid-August during his rookie season in 2018. And he was basically back practicing fully uh, ahead of their week one game. So he basically, I think the initial reports were saying he was going to be out three to four weeks. He was back fully practicing three weeks later. Chase Roulier, starting center for the Washington, the previous year had hand surgery in November of 2017 for a broken hand. That was his rookie season. He was expected to miss roughly the same time. He wound up missing three games before he was back starting for Washington again. So this lines up with the notion that, you know, Andrews, you know, going on injured reserve in as early could be back three weeks from now. And it seems like that seems like a viable window for Andrews to potentially return and potentially retake the job at that left guard position. So I imagine we basically have a three week audition of Jalen Mayfield going up against some formidable D tackles, uh, you know, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, the giants all have really good D tackles. And so it's going to be a challenge for not only Jalen Mayfield, but Matt Hennessy, Chris Lindstrom, et cetera. So we'll see how that goes for them. You know, will Gossett eventually get a crack at the job? You know, it's hard to say at this point in time. Normally, it would be a, a massive indictment of the team's decision to draft Jalen Mayfield if um, they wound up plugging Kobe Gossett, a former backup that was a former six-round pick with very minimal starting experience that when he did start did not necessarily go great for him. If they wind up, you know, over the next week or so, decide he's going to be the starting left guard over Jalen Mayfield. That would be a massive indictment of that Mayfield pick. And I don't necessarily expect Arthur Smith and company to uh, make that indictment. So to quote Thomas Dimitrov, there's a lot of fluidity and movement for this situation. As far as that's concerned, my assumption is Mayfield will get the first crack of things and basically we'll have three weeks to basically solidify his grip on the job. If he struggles and when, if, and when Andrews comes back three weeks from now, you know, the Falcons will have a built in excuse to say, Hey, you know, you can't lose a job due to injury and, you know, go back to Andrews starting that left guard position. If Mayfield is decent to good over that three week period, they'll just, uh, continue to roll with him and basically feign ignorance when it comes to that whole, you can't lose your job due to injury stuff. Uh, and if Andrews were to come back and start for the team and then struggle, then I would imagine that would be the point where they might turn to someone like a Kobe Gossett. But uh, we'll just have to see if that winds up being the case. We'll see how it all plays out. You know, if, if Arthur Smith does actually play Kobe Gossett week one, uh, I would love to see it. Because, again, you know, if you're asking me from my assessment of, of these players, I think Kobe Gossett is probably currently the second most talented guard on the Falcons roster behind Chris Lindstrom. But, uh, you know, if Arthur Smith does it, then, you know, I'll, I'll take back a, a lot of the things I said about Arthur Smith and questioning him. Uh, because, you know, a lot of teams talk the talk when it comes to we, we're all about competition. But when it comes to walking the walk, you know. They don't always, uh, you know, practice what they preach in that regard. So we'll see how it all plays out. Um, but, you know, I, I think Kobe Gossett is a step in the right direction, whether or not the Falcons are really going to 
take those steps remains to be seen uh, for them at that left guard position. Uh, certainly a guy that I think is capable of being a decent stopgap for this team uh, if, if the other options are not quite up to snuff. And currently my expectations are that they probably will not be, but we'll see how it all plays out. And uh, we'll be turning back the clock to talk a little bit with Jeff Schultz of TheAthletic.com about this Julio Jones trade. Um, it will be the part one of a two-part conversation we have with Jeff Schultz. Next week, we'll be getting into other thoughts on Jeff's uh, takes on, you know, our, the hiring of Arthur Smith and Arthur Blank's thoughts on that. But, uh, you know, the first thing we'll talk about is Arthur Blank's comments about, you know, surrounding the Julio Jones trade and, and the, the reasoning behind that. And we'll get into all of that with Jeff Schultz as we continue today's Locked On Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I want to let you know about, you know, the Locked On Podcast Network's coverage of college football, where you have games upcoming this weekend, last weekend, and for several weekends moving forward. And of course, Locked On Podcast Network has you covered with a daily show devoted to your favorite team or your favorite conference. Check out Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Buckeyes, Locked On Pac-12, etc. on the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast platform. So it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline.ag, and you will receive a 100% welcome bonus. And be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo which means if you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th for that season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys, and even if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using that promo code of NFL 100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. So today's episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto, where ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you might need. Why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer when you already have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket? Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You'll spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you order from that chain store or car dealership. Meanwhile, Rock Auto's prices are always reliably low for every customer. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website yourself today and find a solution to your auto parts needs Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in the, how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. And of course I am joined by an illustrious guest, none other than Jeff Schultz of the athletic. He covers all the Atlanta sports teams and is covering the Falcons quite a bit. These last couple of days, he had an opportunity to sit down with Arthur Blank, seemingly in the sort of annual interview that he often gets with Arthur Blank and giving us some insights and some access to the, the one guy in the Falcons organization that cannot be fired has ultimate <laughs> job security uh, in Arthur Blank and get his thoughts on, you know, things that have gone on in the Falcons organization these last couple of months with the Julio Jones stuff and, and some of the things uh, involving his expectations for this team and sort of maybe if he deserves some of the criticism 
uh, for some of the struggles that his teams have undergone in recent years. And of course, you can find that article over at The Athletic. Uh, but uh, Jeff, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I got to say, I'm, I'm a little disappointed, though, to start. Why is that? Well, I mean, the people listening to this can only listen on the podcast. I can actually see you on the screen here. And I fully expected you'd be wearing your Julio Jones jersey on this on this interview. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, I, I have the the cape that has Julio Jones is off screen. Uh, so okay. I, I decided it wouldn't be professional of me to, to put that on for this interview. But, uh, in, you know, for me with the Julio Jones stuff, let, let's let's start there. Um, I, I just trying to get an explanation okay. on this. And I, I, I know this for a lot of people. They've kind of moved on over these last couple of months. But hopefully this will be the last time we really talk about it in earnest right. until years from now. But I get the sort of sense that Julio was unhappy and you didn't want to necessarily have a, a player that was unhappy in the locker room sticking around. I get that. You know, why exactly Julio Jones was unhappy. I didn't get the sense from your conversation with Arthur Blank that he shed any particular light on that. Um, and so I'm kind of content to wait the eight or so years it's going to take before <laughs> Julio Jones decides to spill the tea on somebody's podcast after he gets inducted into Hall of Fame. Um, but, you know, I, I also understand the, the consequences of losing. You know, people lose jobs, right? The coach loses a job. The GM loses a job. Um, and, and certain players like Julio Jones loses the job. And if you want to sit here and say Julio Jones was a headache that the team didn't want to deal with, it became less palatable because the team is not as successful as they were in previous years. That's fine. But I feel like from the Falcon side of things, you know, they've had a couple of months to get their story straight. And it sounds like if their Julio Jones was a headache, it was because he didn't practice enough. Uh, you know, I, I'm just kind of like, really, that's it. You know, I, I feel like this is the perfect time to insert that Allen Iverson soundbite. <laughs> but, like, is, is that really what it boiled down to? Like, the Falcons are like, hey, you know, practice. Not more. at all. Not at all. I, I do think, um, like, when I went into the Arthur Blank interview, I, I did not really – I expected to bring up the Julio Jones thing. I didn't expect him to say as much as he did because he really did go further than he went – um, and the little press gathering he did when training camp opened when he said he was disappointed. Um, he did go further, though. I, I thought when he when he referenced, um, I think his quote was, Julio's ability or willingness to practice the way he did early in his career was different. And he said there were some people in the building who had an, who that had an effect on. That, that, to me, was sort of the... <laughs> the core, oh crap, this isn't just about practice quotes. But I, I don't, I have to be careful how I word this, Aaron, because, you know, in my business, there are things you hear and even to some degree things you know for a while, um, but you can't really write because nobody will go on the record about it. I, I feel a little looser saying some things around the edges right now, I guess, since we're way past it. Um, I don't think it's really unethical, but I can tell you this. I think I first wrote, I probably first wrote during the season last year that I thought the Falcons should explore trading Julio Jones. Um, and of course I got jumped by people for it. And then um, we brought it up again, uh, I think in March or April. And then Tori and I had a, a source story, I think in May or something. Um, this goes way deeper than practice. And and I was hearing, 
again, I can't quote anybody or I would have gone hard with it several months ago. I was hearing late last season or immediately after last season that Julio wanted out. I mean, this, trust me, I talked to a lot of people and nobody, everybody would say, yeah, um, that's what I've heard too. Or yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, but I could never get anyone to either go on the record with it or um, even allow me to use them on background. Basically, you know, and this is the thing, you know, a lot of times people who aren't in a mainstream media job, like there are a lot of blog stats out there that I guarantee you would have written a hundred things that I've known for a while. Um, but in my profession, in any place I've always worked, you either need people to go on the record with it, or if you really, really trust them and know what they're saying is accurate, um, you can quote them on background and with the hope or expectation you're also going to get it confirmed by somebody else, basically, if that makes sense. And for a long time, I've known, certainly since probably say late or even after last season, Julio Jones was unhappy and wanted out. I've known even longer than that that the situ- that the relationship between the Falcons and Julio Jones was not what it was, let's say, three years ago. Arthur Blank referenced the contract, I think, in 2019. Really, and I think I had written this, um, it was either in April or May, I heard that the relationship really had been strained since the year before. As you remember, <clears throat> that was the year where Julio, I think, had three years left on his contract. The Falcons had already budgeted him to budgeted to redo his contract the following offseason with two years left. And Julio all of a sudden said, I want a new deal now. And I think it was actually 2008. I know it's 2018 because I broke that story right after I went to the Athletic, which the AJC wasn't very happy about. They thought I was sitting on the story. And I swear to God, I wasn't. I just happened to find out about it. And and um, the Falcons maintained they weren't going to redo the deal. Finally, they, I don't know say they buckled or, or Arthur basically said, just give him a couple million up front. So they moved like 2 million of his 3 million, whatever it was of his salary up front into a bonus with a promise to redo his deal the following year. But there were from that moment on. So now we're really talking 2018. We're talking three years ago. The relationship was never the same. Okay. And, and the cap situation because of little moves like that was going to get worse. And look, you hear a lot of things. I, I can't tell you what's true, what's not true. I had people tell me things that Julio became more focused on on certain statistical achievements, okay? Not necessarily 80 catches a year on it, but just like certain statistical achievements than he was um, doing for the greater good for the team, which doesn't mean he wasn't going to try to play or play hard. Julio played hard all the time. He played hard a lot. But I, I think maybe not just on game day, but the whole picture and try to do things to help the team or whatever. Um, I heard that he really was upset. I don't, can't remember. You might remember when Matt got his deal. I, I heard he was upset that Matt got his deal before Julio got his deal. I mean, and this would all kind of be in sort of the same time period. And then let's face it. I mean, you know, 2016 was was their opportunity to, to win a Super Bowl. Um, 2017 was still a good year and then things slid and for a guy who is late in the later stages of his career and you're facing a rebuild um, with a new coaching staff this isn't just on Julio this is any veteran player of his stature 
they're going to say, look, I want one, I want one more chance to go to the playoffs. I want one more chance to win a Super Bowl. You know, you could be optimistic and say, well, that could be the Falcons this year, next year. But I think if you look at this, if you try to look at it objectively, it probably won't be the Falcons this year or next year. Um, I mean, and so if you're Julio, you probably want to go to a team with a chance to win another Super Bowl. Now, is this all on Julio who asked to be traded? No, absolutely not. I think I meant, I, I shouldn't say I think, I know on many levels that while Arthur Smith is, is an offensive coach and I'm sure was fascinated by the idea of an offense with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, which was all over social media, as you know, after the draft. And I myself thought it was never going to happen. I, I firmly believed that they were going to trade him. And, and I might have mentioned that in a couple of tweets, maybe even a column. But I basically stayed away from it because I was waiting to see what they were going to do. But I never, ever thought those three were going to play together. And um, part of it wasn't just because of the Julio grumbling that I'd heard about. But part of it was I never thought Arthur Smith wanted him. And and he might deny that on the record. Terry Fontenot and the organization might deny that on the record. But think about it. And by the way, they have the same agent, okay? And I'm sure I wrote this one time. Jimmy Sexton, who's Julio Jones' agent, is also Arthur Smith's agent. So it's not like Arthur Smith came into the situation completely blind about what was going on, okay? But if you're Arthur Smith and you're coming to a brand new franchise and and um, you need you are trying to set a new agenda, set a new work ethic, a new way of doing things. Um, nothing against Julio Jones, the great Hall of Fame wide receiver and one of the greatest players I've ever seen play. And I cover Jerry Rice too, and he's in that category to me. Nothing against him, but you don't really want that kind of player around at this stage of the development of the Falcons. And frankly, he's a little bit of a luxury item you can't really really afford. And because of the um, cap situation that they were inheriting that was going to take at least two years to get out of, why wouldn't it behoove? It, it would seem to behoove them to move away from that deal now um, since they'd already obviously had committed to Matt for at least one more year, potentially two but at least one you might as well get out from one of the contracts now suck it up take the dead money now but next year you'd be out of it and so um long story short um and i think actually in the the q a i did with grady jarrett the other day he actually i think at one point in that q a said something like i think it was you know both sides kind of really wanted to end it and he i don't even remember i think i asked him what do you think about the whole julio thing and that was i just kind of left it up to him and that's what he said. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question <laughs> or if that's more than you expected. But I um, and, and I, I'll just say this. Like I said, I think Arthur said I didn't go to that interview expecting to go deep with Arthur on on Julio. I, I knew I wanted to ask him again because I didn't think he was really pressed on it too much at the start of training camp. Um, but I did not go into the interview expecting to lead the column with Julio. I expected to lead the column more with legacy and where does the franchise go from here? And do you, does he see himself selling the team and stuff like that? Other stuff that was in there. Um, but the Julio stuff to me was just the most riveting of all the stuff. Fair enough. All right. Uh, <laughs> your, your answer answers questions, but it still leaves unopened questions in terms of what exactly led to this where, you know, again, like three years ago, it, it was seemed all hunky dory, and then I guess money became 
yeah. sort of the catalyst for things to go yeah, around? Yeah, you know, I, the only one, I really think the only one who really knows the answer to that question is Julio. And I'm not even sure Julio knows the answer to that question. And, you, you know, you joked earlier about maybe it'll all come out seven, eight years from now when he writes his autobiography. He's not the type who's ever shed anything about his personal life. He, this guy, like, second to, to Derek Jeter in terms of a superstar who who holds things close to his vest. And God bless him for that, you know. But there are people in that building, I can tell you, and Arthur's pretty much said it on the record, Arthur Plank said it on the record, who will tell you Julio changed. It's that simple, that he changed from their perspective. And um, that doesn't mean they're painting him as a quitter. That doesn't mean they're painting him as this super major diva or anything like that or Terrell, Terrell Owens, but that he changed. And when you weigh the production, the, the health, the age, the salary, and the fact that he wanted out, <laughs> this, the best case scenario was let's just trade this guy and try to get some for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get all that. I just – from. Yeah. No, I get it. Look, I mean, look I've, I've covered a lot of teams in, in three different cities and covered a lot of superstars. And every time this happens, someone's always saying, but why? But why? But why? Sometimes this stuff just happens, okay? And, yeah. No. Uh, I covered Joe Montana, Bill Walsh, two of the all-time greats at their respective positions, head coach and quarterback. And by the end, they didn't like each other very much, okay? Why? You guys are winning Super Bowls. Just shut up and move on. You know, it just happens. And and egos get in the way and people change and it just stuff just happens. That's all. That's fair. That's fair. I I, I will let it go. I, I will. <laughs> no, you won't. You'll keep it up. You're, you're bringing it up next time I'm on. <laughs> no, I mean I I, I have thoughts. <laughs> I, I have additional thoughts, but you know, that I will probably leave it off of a podcast and we can talk about it at a later time, you know. Next time I'm in Atlanta, we can get, get a beer or something. Uh, we can talk works. about it. But um, let the listeners know, you know, what you got going on at the at the athletic and what you got coming in the next couple of days. Well, um, we've got uh, as we're taping this, I've got um, uh, the Arthur Blank Q and A online now. Uh, I'll have the first weekend predictions um, leading to the first college football week. I'll be at the Georgia Clemson game. And then next week, um, I'll probably kick it off with a Matt Ryan column um, going into the opening of the NFL season, and uh, probably one or two other things during the week. And then I'll be I'll be there at Mercedes Benz on Sunday to see uh, to see what the show looks like. Jeff, again, I appreciate you joining me and uh, um, placating my my Julio Jones. Uh, <laughs> did I make you, issues? Did I make you feel any better? I, I sense I really didn't make you feel any better. You made me feel fine. Okay. I, I, you know, my, my issue is not with the Falcons decision. My issue is basic. All my issues are basically dealing with fans and how they react. Well, yeah, you're, you're, you, you, you know, how that <laughs> so that, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'll let it go. Yeah, I'm letting yeah. it go. I'm going to let it go. So we'll see. We'll see how it yeah. goes. Uh, you know, I'll say this sports fans are passionate. They love their teams. They love their guys. And when something goes wrong, they want an easy, many want an easy answer and somebody to blame. So sometimes it's the manager who screwed up the bullpen. Sometimes it's, you know, the player who should have done this or the coach who should have done that. And more often than not, it's the columnist who wrote something. So (laughs) I just, I try to uh, filter all comments on columns or Twitter through that filter 
and I'll respond as long as they're not calling me uh, multiple names. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess my last question is, Jeff, how, why do you hate the Braves? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just, I, I wake up every morning and I hate them. I, I didn't really know. <laughs> it goes back to when well, I was two fun. years old and grew up in West LA. Yeah, and I yeah, woke yeah. up one day. <laughs> And I said, I want breakfast. And by the way, I hate the Braves. And my mom's going, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good, that, that's really a great jumping off point for this podcast. <laughs> <Let me stop. laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, Jeff, I really appreciate you joining me uh, and talking with me about this stuff. And I, I look forward to our future conversation. Sounds good. Anytime. Uh, hopefully, you know, there'll be a couple of wins. Yeah. We'll you never, get an opportunity to talk. You still never had me on after a win. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. I, look, I've, I've made lots of promises to a lot of people over the years about having them on after a win. And unfortunately, the Falcons keep letting me down in that regard. We'll see what happens. All right. All right, man. Have a good night. You too. Take care. All right. Appreciate it. All right, guys. There you have it. Jeff Schultz of The Athletic. Appreciate him for coming on and exercising some of those Julio Jones-sized demons from me. Um, you know, that thing at the end, I'm not anti-fan. It, it's just been a tough uh, 18 months and there's certain things I just don't have that much patience for anymore. And it's basically fans being homers and then trying to pretend that that's not what they're being and trying to be like, no, this is actually my actual opinion. And, and like, you know, today with like, Hey, practice. And it's like, really, really, this is, this is the hill you're dying on. This was the deal breaker for you. And so that I, I just, for me, it was just one of those things that, that, that to me was what I wanted to call out, but you know, we'll move on. We'll we'll minimize how much we talk about Julio Jones. I, I can't promise that we will never bring it up again on the podcast. Uh, because again, if the Falcons struggle to generate explosive plays, I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, this was kind of uh, an outcome here. But you know, we will probably try to do my best to to not bring up Julio Jones that much on the on the Lockdown Falcons podcast. But I still, as I said to Jeff, I still have lots of thoughts on this subject. And so if you want to hear those thoughts on this subject, you know, maybe you can invite me on to somebody else's podcast. And of course, you know, you can hit me up on Twitter at Lockdown Falcons or Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to LockdownFalcons at mail.com. And, you know, if you're out there being intimidated, like, oh, there's no way that Aaron will do my podcast because I only get like five people listening to it. And I'm like, no, man, I... 99% of the time I, I do not turn down anybody's podcast. So if you want to have me on to talk about these things, I'm more than willing to do that. So that is that we will have another conversation with Jeff Schultz. Uh, this wasn't the only thing we talked about on today's episode. We talked about some of the other topics, bringing up sort of the expectations on this team and the decision behind Arthur blank hiring Arthur Smith. Uh, and that's something that we will get into next week on the show where Jeff will be a guest on the podcast. And that will be sort of a continuation of several episodes that will be starting tomorrow with another guest where basically over the next week, you guys are going to get several guests coming on the podcast to give their thoughts and expectations on this Falcon team. And tomorrow's episode will feature Maria Martin of 11 alive sports down in Atlanta and giving her thoughts on this Falcons team and, and what are these expectations should be for them. So definitely check that out. Uh, for tomorrow's episode, but guys, um, that's it. I don't, I don't have anything else to say. So, you know, <laughs> I appreciate you for humoring me to sort of, uh, you know, quote unquote, wrap the, the Julio conversation this late in the process, but, uh, hopefully we'll be moving on from that, 
at least on Locked on Falcons. But, uh, you know, if you if the Big, big Bad Bird Blog podcast is, is, is out there wanting me to come on, then by all means, I am all ears on that. And you guys know where to hit me up for that stuff. But before we duck out of here, guys, I do want to let you guys know about the ongoing series here on the Lockdown Podcast Network covering all the other NFL teams while I'm going to be previewing the Falcon season. What about the other 31 NFL teams in addition to the Falcons, as well as every division, of course, the ultimate season preview 2021 here on the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered. Uh, you can search for it on the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast platform. If you, uh, you're not subscribed to it, just Go search for Ultimate Season Preview 2021, the Lockdown Podcast Networks, the Lockdown Podcast Networks experts, including myself and others, the Odyssey experts like Ross Tucker and Jason LaCanfora, are on that show giving you their insights into all 32 NFL teams, all the divisions. So check that out again on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate it. Till then.